Greetings, listeners, domestic, international, and extraterrestrial. Finally, once again, I am Dave Reed. <laughs> and I'm Kristen Riley, and this is The Cast Files. I am still a nerd who has still somehow never seen The X-Files. And I watched it when it originally aired. Still? Yes. That didn't change? That didn't change. Okay, cool. I didn't go back in time to change watching TV. <laughs> That's, that would be a weird thing to change. If you're going to change something by going back in time, that would be an odd one. You know, the butterfly effect, who knows what would happen. I oh. might be a doctor right now. Wow. Well, The Cast Files is a podcast where we watch and discuss every episode of The X-Files, spoiler free. Today, we are talking about Season 3, Episode 3, D. P.O. It originally aired October 6th, 1995. It was written by Howard Gordon, directed by Kim Manners, and starring a young Jack Black. It sure does. I was so excited when he showed up because I've mentioned him on this podcast a dozen times now, never knowing that he was going to be a guest. <laughs> so it was, it was really fun. And then he was ready for his close-up with his acne. You see, he's got a white head in one of the shots. Well, he's a young Jack Black. He is. And we might as well get to this. I'm sure you already have something about it, but also guest starring Giovanni Ribisi. Yes. Who is a phenomenal actor. That is true. I have some um, some notes about what it took for him to become DPO. Uh, bad makeup scar on the back of his head and then good acting <laughs> and a spray bottle for all the sweat oh my gosh so much sweat why why <laughs> why was... is one person in every episode so sweaty <laughs> it's, it's electrolyte imbalance is that what it is he drinks so much gatorade but i feel like every episode has one sweaty person <laughs> you're probably right is that to depict who the bad guy is oh bad guys are sweaty Mm. Oh. Interesting. We're sweaty if we walk outside, so yeah. I guess we're the bad guys. Everybody in Florida's a bad guy. Are we the baddies? <laughs> yes. If we walk outside, we are. All right, so you ready to get into it? Sure. IMDb says that this is about five male teenagers in Connorville, Oklahoma, were reported to have been struck by lightning, and one of them has survived. Okay, I guess that's accurate. The most recent death draws Mulder and Scully in, and at the confrontation of local law enforcement, they must solve the case before they, too, are fried. Hmm. I don't know if either of them are ever actually in danger of being fried. I don't think they are. No. Well, here's a Kim Manners note. Um, you mentioned that he directed it. During the filming of this episode, his best friend was killed. Oh, what? Yep. Not, Not struck by lightning. Uh, it doesn't say no there but that would be a wild coincidence it would be um due to the horrific nature and timing of the death of his best friend and his best friend's son they were going to give him time off of course right. but uh and replace him with someone else it doesn't say who but he insisted on completing the episode hmm. they were probably going to replace him with rob bowman probably director of airborne the rock and roller blade movie <laughs> that's right starring shane mcdermott seth green and a young Jack Black. Yep. All right, so the cast. You have mentioned Giovanni Ribisi. He is Darren Peter Oswald. Or DPO. That's right. He's also the actor in Sneaky Pete, which I've never seen, but I recognize his face from the cover of Sneaky Pete. <laughs> yep. He's also in a short-lived sitcom called Dads, also starring... Seth Green, and another Cast Files alum, as in I've mentioned his name before, Peter Rieger. Ah, I did not know that. <laughs> you, I, you probably still don't know who Peter Rieger is. Nope. You would recognize him, but it's not one of the, he's not a household name. I see. He is friend of the pod, though. I see. <laughs> Anybody who I've mentioned. Hi. Is a friend of the pod. Hi, I'm sorry, I don't know who you are, but I'm glad you're a friend of the pod. <laughs> At least half of the pod, I guess. <laughs> no, just the pod. <laughs> Not me. Oh, I see. The pod. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Did you know that Giovanni Ribisi has a twin sister? I did not. Is it Giovanna Ribisi? No, it's Marissa. Uh. And she was in Dazed and Confused and Pleasantville. Oh. I wonder who she was in Dazed and Confused. Me too. 
The mm. one who looks like Giovanni Ribisi. Yeah, the one who's not Mila Jovovich, Parker Posey, or um, what's the lady's name who is not Bridget Jones's diary lady? There's the two actors that look yes, they like do. Joey Lauren Adams. Yep. We also have Jack Black as Bart Zero, the quarry. <laughs> Did you know that both of Jack Black's parents are satellite engineers? Satellite engineer? Yep. Wow, no, I did not know that. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Ernie Lively is Sheriff Teller. He was also in Stop, or My Mom Will Shoot. <laughs> nice. And Karen Witter is Sharon Kavit. Karen, Karen's IMDb is another one that was really fun to read. The little summary. Okay. The oh. very Yes. The very last sentence I pulled, and it says... Karen is super fit. She loves to do yoga, aerobics, I'm sorry, acrobatics, skip on the beach, her TRX, and her pro ski simulator. (laughs) Wow. That's too specific, Karen. We know you wrote that. Oh, yes. It even says mini bio written by Uh, Karen. Super fit, though. That's good, because she was fit in 1995. It's almost 30 years later. It's true. I have more on her and her super fitness a little bit later. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Another production note before we get into the episode. The genesis of this episode can be traced back to a note card reading, Lightning Boy. (laughs) (laughs) That series creator, Chris Carter, had tacked to a board in his office since the first season. Excellent. I'm glad they finally got around to it. Yep. Writer Howard Gordon described the episode's concept as Beavis and Butthead electrified uh, i see it yeah N- now that you say that yep i see it yep all right so ready to get into the actual episode that was all my pre-episode stuff sure nobody cooks like aunt b yeah i, I saw that too <laughs> we open with a really nice crane shot it is a nice crane shot it might be the, it's the first crane shot that i've noticed yeah so i'm not sure there may be another crane shot but it This could be the first crane shot in the X-Files. I do not know. I do not have a note on that. At the video arcade in Connerville, Oklahoma, two young men, Jack Hammond and Darren Peter Oswald, argue over a game of Virtua Fighter 2. They do. Oswald is sweaty. I have a new way to survive. Oh, cool. Don't. Yeah, say, don't say it yet. Okay. Production note, Darren Oswald was named after X-Files writer, Darren Morgan. He was the story editor on this one. Hammond pushes Oswald to the ground, after which the power in the arcade mysteriously shuts down. Yeah, first he's being a bully and threatening him, and he says, I'll, I've got a new game to play, I go first, and that's when he shoves him to the ground. That's right, it was real stupid. It's important to mention, because when Giovanni Rabisa gets up, and all the lights are off, and it's all creepy and stuff, he does his, is it my turn to go now? That's right. And I was like, ooh, wow, that was effective. That was creepy. You did good. Everybody did a good job. Congrats, everybody. Because <laughs> that, that was spooky. <laughs> so all of the power goes out, except the jukebox, which is playing Ring the Bells by James. By J- Oh, James. I did, actually. You asked me if I knew who it was, and yeah. I said no, and then I read my notes. Mm, wow. So I feel betrayed. I'm a lying liar face. Yes, you are. That's what happens. We uh, we are off for a couple of weeks, and I come back and just straight up lie. First paragraph in. That song does not sound anything like the other James song that I know. The only other James song that I've ever heard, probably. Laid? Oh, you've absolutely heard that song before. Okay. You're right. I have heard it before. Yes. Great song. That one's a good one. <laughs> so... Jack Black is standing there, and he tells Hammond that he shouldn't have done that. And Hammond says, why not? What's he going to do? Because Hammond is a bigger dude. Yeah, he's a big old bully. Yeah, big old non-sweaty bully. Because <laughs> the, wait, now who, the, I thought the bad guys were sweaty. He's definitely the bad guy in this. Well, is he the bad guy in this? Oh, you don't think he deserves murder? Aren't they both the bad guys in this? <laughs> I guess. Aren't they all the bad guys yeah, in this? Yeah, even Jack Black's a bad guy in this. Yes. He's a different character in the cold open than he is the rest of the episode. I think his character switches at the very end when he is like, oh shit, consequences. Mm, 
I disagree, because when he talks to him later, he's always trying to get him to stop doing stuff. We'll see. We'll, we'll disagree to disagree. Okay. <laughs> so after Hammond says, why not? What's he going to do? That's when Jack Black explains how toxic masculinity hurts us all. Yeah, see? He's a good guy. <laughs> he knows better. Just kidding. He doesn't do that. This causes Hammond to leave, because Oswald is creepy, like you explained. But when he goes outside to start his car, he finds the same song playing on the radio. And then he is fatally electrocuted through the ignition. Oswald, who is staring out the window, witnesses this. All of it. He's traumatized because he was a witness to tragedy. Yep. And that's it. Then the do-do-do-do-do-do. No. And then, um, so Oswald is watching. We see that. But then he turns around and goes, he returns to his game, and Zero is unbothered by it all at mm-hmm. this point. Just Yeah, he's a different character in the cold open and, than and the rest of the episode. I disagree still. <laughs> he is the same character all the way until about the last ten minutes, and then he's a different character. Hard disagree. Well. I won't have this JB slander. <laughs> Friend of the pod, Jack Black. <laughs> Hi, Jack. How you doing? Production note. Giovanni Ribisi auditioned for the role of Darren twice. Okay. During his first tryout, Carter was dissatisfied with his performance, but after casting director Rick Milligan championed his cause and secured him another audition, Carter reconsidered his initial opinion. Mm. I feel like Chris Carter could be difficult to work with. Makes sense. I figure a lot of people are, if they're in charge of a thing. I, yeah. Um, but... In 95, isn't Giovanni Ribisi a known actor? I guess not. Okay, I'm gonna... I don't know. Well, while you look that up, Spotnitz later described Ribisi's performance as, quote, really, really good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, well said. Hammond is the latest of five local men who have died due to lightning-related causes, causing Fox Mulder and Dana Scully to investigate. Scully talks to Bart Zero Licori, the arcade owner, and Oswald's friend, who was present the night Hammond died. So, they come to town, and they're like, hey, this seems weird. But, unlike most things in the X-Files, it is weird. They are correct. They are actually correct in this being weird. (laughs) So, Science Corner. Science Corner with Kristen. From weather.gov, according to the NWS storm data, over the last 30 years, and this sample size is from 1989 to 2018, covering the time of this episode, Mm -hmm. the U.S. has averaged 43 reported lightning fatalities per year. So five of them happened in this (laughs) little town. That's wild. Only about 10% of people who are struck by lightning are killed. Did you know that? No. 90% survive. They do often have other side effects. There are physiological and psychological things that can happen. Their electrolytes are off. Yes. And they can... And they just sweat constantly. Kill Jack Hammond. Yep. Okay. But yeah, 90% of people who are struck by lightning do have... There are repercussions. There are various things that happen, but they survive. And are those indirect hits then? Because I feel like if you took a direct hit... They must be, because... Yeah, if you're going to get hit directly, I think you're SOL. But if you're hit, if it hits a tree and then jumps from the tree to you, you're still hit by lightning. But Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Right. So most likely you're not going to be murdered by lightning. That's good. Because then you have a really good chance of winning the lottery after that. That's the law, right? Yeah, that's like statistically the way it works. Everybody who's ever won the lottery was hit by lightning already <laughs> and survived. Yeah. Yep. Correct. That was the other. Fact that I had. <laughs> okay. Cool. <laughs> Mulder finds Oswald's high scores on the games display while they're at the arcade yes. investigating this murder. And that's when I noticed what day Jack Hammond died. What day was it? September eleventh, nineteen ninety-five. Oh God. <laughs> it was Jack Hammond's own personal nine eleven. <laughs> Oh, but uh, Darren Oswald had a good night. He broke his top score four times. Yep, he sure did. Yeah. Wow. What a sweaty, sweaty arcade player. (laughs) My goodness. I don't know what the temperature is like in Oklahoma in September, but I feel like either more than one person should be sweating or nobody should be sweating. (laughs) 
Well, you know, different people have different physiologies. I know. I didn't say everyone. I just said more than one. Okay. All right. Things to consider. Yes, please do. Okay. Please consider them. So Mulder's looking at the, the arcade game. He's seeing DPO has filled every one of those slots. And that's when they realize that Oswald, who was one of the five struck by lightning, but the only one to survive, which is not how lightning works. <laughs> yep. I heard that once. Yep. I heard 90% of people survive. survive. Yeah. But not in this case. It's 20% survive in this case. <laughs> yeah, that's good math. I did math. Good job. Did math on the, on the fly, man. Well, so they, they put it all together, which is great <laughs> and quick. Good job. Good job, guys. The rest of it is all very highfalutin and <laughs> Mulder just being like, oh, just Mulder being Mulder. Uh, that scene in the autopsy room was so frustrating. Yes. He's just skulking in the background, letting the sheriff be a dick to I, Scully. I really, that sheriff got under under my skin. I have a note on it. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, so they identify that the that Oswald was there that night, the night that the um, the fifth guy died, and they're talking to Zero, and Zero's being like, I don't know, I, it's all loud in here, so I don't know if anything ever happens outside ever. He's doing a good job of looking like he's lying. Yeah, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Oh, it's him? <laughs> Um, at about the same time that this is going on, Oswald is at work. He works in an auto repair shop called Kavit Auto Body or something like that. And he's working under a car when his boss's wife, Sharon Kavit, comes in. And he is just the creepiest creep. At this time, the filter song, Hey Man, Nice Shot, is playing. And there is a whole story behind that, but I don't go into it because it is definitely a bummer. But here's a bit of trivia that you might not know. You're not going to tell everybody about our Bud Dwyer? No. <laughs> okay. Filter's front man is Richard Patrick. Richard Patrick has a brother, an older brother, <laughs> called Robert Patrick. <laughs> Robert Patrick would later become an X-Files regular. Yeah. The, the T-1000. Did you know, I just recently learned this... The scene where he's running after John Connor, John Connor's on the motorbike in Terminator 2, he had to slow down because he kept catching John Connor. <laughs> oh my god! Whoa! <laughs> yeah. Is he actually cybernetic? He, he must be. <laughs> <laughs> he was faster than the dirt bike that uh, Eddie Furlong was driving. Whoa! <laughs> and they were like, you gotta slow down, dude. That is nuts! Wow. I did not know that, but wow. Wild. Yeah. So Oswald is being a creep, standing too close and sweating. He's like all in her space. Yeah. Like they're, they're so close, you would be able to feel each other's body heat. I'm wondering just how many, like what the shooting schedule was, which scenes were shot when. Mm -hmm. Because in this scene, Giovanni Ribisi is coming across as more than a creep. He's coming across as um, a predator? De developmentally disabled. Oh. <laughs> Okay, not a predator. Not That's a not, predator. <laughs> not the same thing. You're right, yeah. There. But this is the only scene where he comes across that way. Right, and there's a scene later where they reference that maybe he's developmentally disabled. And Kavit is the teacher for remedial reading. So mm -hmm. we know that he's he's got some learning troubles, whether it's, yeah. you know, whatever, whatever it is. But you're right, this is a whole different vibe yeah. than later. Yeah, this is the only scene where he comes across that way. So I'm wondering if this was shot first, and then they were like, eh, we don't want to go that way. Maybe. But this scene's already done. Right. It's done, so let's just keep going. Mrs. Kavit is obviously upset by this guy, and she's waiting for her husband. And her husband doesn't seem to know, to notice. No. He is far too oblivious. He's, yeah. It's, obviously, Oswald isn't picking up on the signals, because he doesn't want to. Right. But her husband is completely oblivious to how creepy this guy is being toward his wife. Mm -hmm. And that's appalling. Yeah. It was gross. As soon as her husband gets there, she stands basically in his same space. <laughs> <laughs> she gets as close to him as Oswald had been to her. Yeah. But as a married couple, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Husband doesn't pick up on anything. So then the agents arrive and question Oswald at the auto body shop. 
He claims to not have witnessed anything. He says something like a bomb could go off when I'm playing games or he's something. He's in the zone when he's playing Virtual Fighter too. Yes. Which, I mean, I guess we've all been there, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> he well, does a good job of... Like, his character is better at lying. Yes. Than Jack Black's character. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, I was wondering, in that scene where Jack Black's character is obviously lying, and it's because it's obvious, Yeah. I was wondering if Jack Black was playing that, or if Jack Black was not a good actor. Oh, weird. Uh, I would give him the benefit of the doubt and say he was playing being a bad liar. I can't tell because his character is so wildly different throughout. Yeah, and also the other times... No, he's good in other... Well, way later. Yeah. At the, at the time in the mid-90s, he basically is playing himself in Tenacious D. Yeah. Oh, he's in he's in this movie I don't know if you've ever heard about. Oh, what's it called? Airborne. Hmm. The Rock and Roller Blade movie. No. Starring uh, Shane McDermott. Oh, who else is in it? Seth Green. Oh. And a young Jack Black. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Who, uh, who directed it? He has it? like four. Oh, Rob Bowman <laughs> Thank directed you. that. Thank you. Uh, he has like four <laughs> lines in the whole movie, though. Yeah, I'm wondering if Jack Black was like just got better later or just got. Yeah, I mean, be. is he even good? I don't even know. I mean, he's not not. He's not. He's no Anthony Hopkins. Right. Maybe we just all think he's endearing, and that's fine. Every he's lo- very lovable. He does seem like he would be a fun guy to have at a barbecue. Yes. <laughs> For some reason, I thought you were going to say bar mitzvah. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> Probably also good. Probably also bar mitzvah. <laughs> I'm not going to rule it out. <laughs> Mulder asks Oswald if he considers himself lucky, and Oswald says no. Then Mulder says, of all the people who were hit by lightning, you were the only survivor. But we know that 90% of (laughs) lightning strikes are not fatal. So him saying no, he doesn't feel like he's lucky. Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe he knows the actual statistics. (laughs) That's right. He and the the, um, sheriff are having breakfast together every day. So now (laughs) they're scientists. Oh, that reminds me of another thought I had at the beginning during that autopsy scene. He's talking about how all these kids were hit by lightning and killed by lightning. You know what we do here? We make lightning. Well, clearly, if you think it's the artificial lightning being made that's killing all these people, maybe you should crack down on that? Right. Do something about it. Make it safer? If you think these people are killing everybody, why are you not doing anything about that? Because... Because they've allowed him to have breakfast with them every day, so now he thinks he's also a scientist. Wow. And it's just, you know, scientists. It's the good old boys club. (laughs) The good old science club. It's the science club. Wow. Yep. That's a new one for me. I did not know about that one. Well, now you know. The more you know. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Scully asks Mulder what's in his pocket. And Mulder does not use this as an excuse to be vulgar. <laughs> Probably because his phone is frying. <laughs> so he got distracted. Oswald is not... He's, uh, what does he say? He says something like, yeah, it happens to me too or something. <laughs> he's, <laughs> Bummer. He, that's it. <laughs> I'm going to leave now. Yeah. <laughs> Alarmed by the FBI's presence, Zero visits Oswald at his home that night. A drunk and rowdy Oswald dismisses Zero's worries and summons lightning to strike down nearby cattle. Which, does that make sense? I guess if cattle are close enough to him when he's hit and they get... No, I mean, him calling the lightning down, does that make sense? Oh, sure, why not? (laughs) I'm not going to think about it that much. But Jack Black's like, hey, don't do this. He does hey, say... Hey, stop. He says, hey. hey, leave the cows alone. Yeah. Oh, George, not the livestock. And I said, hey, leave the cows alone also. Because I didn't like that part. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Black throws his entire body down a hill. Yeah. Athletic. <laughs> He's young and spry. He, right? Oh my God, could you imagine throwing yourself down a hill like that? How bruised you would be? <laughs> oh, yeah. You'd tear an ACL. Just... Oof. <laughs> I I would tear an ACL in my shoulder. Yes. <laughs> Somehow. Yep. That's what would happen. Uh, the lightning strikes Oswald instead of the cows, but uh, we'll find out the next day that it kills a bunch of cows too. And he appears uninjured. Zero runs up to him and he's like, hey, dude, <laughs> dude. Yeah, he's like dazed. 
So he might be like euphoric or something? I think he is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he said, he appears uninjured, though let's be honest, his mental state should be in question. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a special effects note. Special effects supervisor David Gothier, Gothier? Hmm. Created a unique lightning machine for the episode. The device, concealed on the ground, used mirrors and special generators to create the effect of a lightning strike. Hmm. The device was very powerful, producing 2.9 million CD of luminous intensity. That's why it doesn't really look much like lightning. I thought it was sort of like bad like CGI. special effects. Not CGI, but like animation. Uh. But it makes way more sense like this. It's real. It's really there. But it's just so bright that it's not showing up on film very well. Yes. Yep. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. It produced enough energy to singe the grass. <laughs> oh, yikes. So I bet they got a little shocked in the process. Yeah. To keep Ravisi out of harm's way, he stood on a raised platform, which was hidden by special camera angles. The effect was augmented by sparks and smoke, and a special anti-fire product was applied to the costumes of the actors hit by lightning. Huh. Wow. Yeah. That's really interesting. It is. The next day, the agents visit the scene that Oswald struck himself by lightning at and they find the annoying sheriff and I said I don't know if I'm tired or what but this guy truly pisses me off (laughs) (laughs) yeah the more famous teller never talks and I wish this guy would pick up shut up yeah I also do not appreciate the dead cows because I am a delicate flower you are a delicate flower and a vegetarian yep I'm a vegetarian They do find a melted shoe print in the ground after the sheriff fucks off. God, I hated that guy. He is a weird character. He really is. He's just obstructive and a jerk for no real reason. Right. Because even at the end, he... uh, We'll get there. Yeah. So they find the shoe print and they link it to Oswald after Scully examines it back in the lab and finds antifreeze. Ooh, a viscous substance. That's right. Here's an art production note. The farmhouse used for Darren's home is situated in Albion, British Columbia, and it had been used in the production of the movies Jennifer 8 in 1992 and Jumanji in 1995. Ooh, Jumanji. Yep. The producers had difficulty securing permission to use a dead cow in the episode, which we see being dragged, Mm -hmm. due to concerns over animal rights groups. And this goes back to how we're not sure what the X-Files stance on animal rights is. (laughs) Right. Because they keep having to skirt the line between to not piss off the animal rights people. Hmm. But then they have episodes that are like, animals have rights too. (laughs) Yeah. It's wild. It makes sense to me, though, to use a real dead cow that is going to be used for something else because you get multiple uses out of that cow. That's true. It makes it a little better, in my opinion. The art crew did try to create a faux dead cow, uh, oof. but it didn't look real. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that's very difficult. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No shade to the, the art crew. Consequently, the producers reached out to a slaughterhouse, and they were able to use a real corpse. Yeah. And then that corpse got used for something else. I think it's, I mean, still not great, but I think yeah. it's a little bit better. Meanwhile, Oswald uses his abilities to manipulate local traffic lights, causing a car accident. This is when Zero comes up to him. They're on a billboard at a four-way crossing. Which I thought was, like, a fun place to hang out if you're a high schooler in a small town. Yeah. That's pro- that would probably be a lot of fun. I think so. Aside from the assault? What is it? <laughs> I don't know what the crime would be. Yeah, I've... Wanton destruction of other people. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Zero tries to talk Oswald into going to Vegas. Yeah, Zero's trying to get him to leave everybody alone. He doesn't say leave everybody alone. He says, we should go to Vegas and you should fuck with some machines. Yeah, he's trying to get him to leave people alone. I don't know. I do. That's why I said it. Okay. Oswald refuses to leave without the woman he's been harassing relentlessly. That Jack Black is trying to get him to stop harassing. He's like, dude, Dude. women like that deserve someone special. (laughs) 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 Hey, women like that don't deserve you. That's true. You know what? Women don't deserve you. <laughs> you know what? People and cows and everybody. And best friends. Oh my gosh. Ugh. 
<laughs> of all the things that Oswald does, the only thing Zero seems concerned about is that Oswald might be high with the feds around. No, I don't think he was actually concerned that he was high. I think it's one of those exclamations. That you, Are you high? I know. No. But it's the only time that he directly says something <laughs> critical to Oswald. Yeah. Because he does say, are you high with the feds around? Yeah. He does say with yeah. the feds around. Finally. I had that written way earlier in my notes. Not with the feds there. <laughs> well, the feds are there. Art production note. According to the art director Graham Murray, the scene in which Darren manipulates traffic lights required the construction of special street lights and a billboard which could then be manipulated by the crew. This turned out to be, quote, the biggest construction event, unquote, for the art crew. Wow. Right? Interesting for this short scene. Yeah. Huh. Because it's, what, a minute long? Yeah. The agents visit Oswald's home and find his mother, who doesn't think much of him, but also doesn't realize how much he enjoys hurting people. Yeah, I had a note about her earlier. Um, when she's watching... When she's watching TV, and she says, manners don't cost nothing. Yeah. And he might as well have said, being an asshole is also free. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and in this scene, I'm looking at her, and I'm like, Mrs. Oswald is Barb from Stranger Things, if she didn't die. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Barb would have gotten she, better friends. She just has that bad perm and the glasses yes yeah the look was definitely there the glasses were absolutely the 80s yeah oswald's room looks like it smells <laughs> yes <laughs> and we also get to see oswald's interior decor sure is something it's great it looks like he put tar on the walls it's it's rough it just looks smelly Mulder finds a cutout picture of mrs Cavite, and he finds it inside a porn magazine but don't worry Mulder's already read this edition <laughs> april is the cruelest month yeah i don't know what the hell that means i don't either that's why i didn't write it down but here's Did a bit you... of trivia okay uh karen lore who plays sharon kavit was playboy playmate of the month for march in 1982 oh wow i it... bet she was super fit Yep. <laughs> um, it doesn't tell you why April is the cruelest month, and she was March, but it would have been really cool if that had lined up. Yeah. I wonder why they didn't bother to do that. Do you know what the name of the magazine was? Mm-mm. I didn't catch it either. I was upset with myself. Aww. So they might not have shown it. I was impressed that Scully went into the closet to get the shoe, because the reason that they're there is to see the shoe print indent had the size, the shoe size on the bottom of it. And so they're going to see if Oswald's footprint is the same, if it's the, whatever, same shoe size. So she goes into the closet, and when she comes out and talks to Mulder and he finds the picture, she says, oh, there's a yearbook in the, in the closet. Yeah, so she was paying attention. Which was nuts, because it was on the side of a box. There were like 11 boxes in there, just all overflowing. <laughs> Nothing was organized. It wasn't like on a bookshelf or something, no. Oh, yeah, I didn't, totally didn't catch it. Well, I did. There was also a bit of trivia about the yearbook page. So that she pulls the yearbook out and they flip it open and they, they show the uh, the picture was cut from that yearbook. They like, whatever, like puzzle piece it in. Several crew, including episode director Kim Manners, make a cameo in the form of yearbook page that uh, Scully flips open. That's fun. Yep. I like that. So then we go back to the, um, the car crash scene where Zero and Oswald are hanging out. At the scene of the car accident, Oswald's boss comes to see if he can lift the cars away. The guy who so, Jack Black was talking about how good looking he is. Yep. And he ends up having an oddly timed heart attack while Oswald is staring him down. Just real creepy looking. It was very creepy. Oswald then saves his boss by using his electrical powers as a makeshift defibrillator, much to the paramedic's surprise. And much to my surprise, the paramedics were actually going to use the defibrillator in the correct way. Yes. Which does not happen on TV. It doesn't. But apparently it Typically, it's used to bring somebody back from the dead. Yeah, (laughs) right. (laughs) And this time they're like, ah, his heart beats wonky. Let's shock him. Yeah. That's how it's supposed to be done but the defibrillator that the paramedics were going to use was malfunctioning and so that's why they were taking some time it It wasn't drained of charge that's right which you can also do with lightning 
You can drain defibrillators? <laughs> yeah. He hit them with lightning. Okay. You know what? He His electricity powers get real vague in this scene. Yes, they do. I think Oswald is extra excited because, one, his friend just told him that he's not special, and he's like, I can show you how special I am. What I think he, Jack Black said, that really set him off was, Kavit fixes things. Yes. And all you do is bust things up. Yep. Yeah. That's a good point. And he's like, oh, I can fix something. Yeah, huh? But first he had to bust it up. That's right. Ugh. But, yeah, so I think that was part of it. And then also we see a line earlier when he and his mom were being rude to each other. He's like, why are you watching that? They're all losers. And she's like, yeah, but at least they're on TV. Mm. And so when he does the defibrillator thing, he says, yeah, I got this from TV. Mm -hmm. I was watching... Rescue 911. (laughs) I kept wanting to say Reno 911. (laughs) (laughs) I have never seen that, but I have a feeling it wouldn't be helpful in this scenario. No, not remotely. (laughs) Short shorts, right? Uh, Jim Dangle. Uh, Officer? Sheriff? Hmm. But short shorts. Lieutenant. Lieutenant Dangle wears the short shorts. Okay. I do appreciate the short shorts. Bring back the short shorts. The agents question Sharon at the hospital where her husband has been taken now. uh, And she claims that Oswald told her about his powers. And they're like, what? And she's like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think that's when she shows up in the shop towards the beginning. He says about what I said yesterday. Yeah. It's probably what the... I think it was, yeah. The agents also go through Oswald's medical records showing that he exhibited acute hypokalemia, which is an electrolyte imbalance in his blood, so his electrolytes were wonky. This is where I had written down my Gatorade joke, but I made it earlier in the episode. I see. This guy just drinks tons and tons of Gatorade, and it gives him lightning powers. Gatorade, he is a sportsman. Did you see how many times he played that game? Yeah. Sports is playing games. A Virtua Fighter is a sport. Yep. And that's why Gatorade has a lightning bolt as the logo. That's right. Yeah. It comes full circle. We figured it all out. Gatorade for lightning powers. <laughs> that's right. Um, use with caution. Use responsibly. <laughs> responsibly. Responsibly. Man, I couldn't say that word. Oswald is brought in for questioning by the agents, and he proclaims his innocence and is eventually released by the local sheriff. The agents are trying to hold him for 72 hours on literally nothing. Yeah. I didn't look it up, but 72 hours seems like a long time to be able to hold somebody with no charges. Right. There was... What were they even trying to get him on? Unclear. Even at the end of the episode, it is unclear (laughs) how he's able to be locked up. Yeah, they said something like the lawyer is having trouble figuring out how to put a case together and yeah. we're like yeah it's because there is no case based on what like he's guilty and he's done it but yes. you can't you can't prove any of it right we know because the episode showed us him doing it but if you just told me he did it i'd be like no yeah oh by the at the end there is something to hold him on now that i think about it okay Oh, yeah. So at that point, with the agents thinking that Oswald is in the holding cell for days and days and days based on (laughs) nothing, they go to talk to Sharon, I think again, and that she's at home this time. Yeah, she's about to leave for the hospital, and they're like, we've got him locked up, so you don't have to worry about him. You are safe, and we're like, well, anytime a cop tells you that you're safe, you know you're about to die. (laughs) And they establish here that she is clearly afraid of Yes. She knows he's dangerous. She's afraid of him. But now she's going to open up because she thinks he's locked up. Important to hold on to for later. Yes. And also don't trust the cops because they will lie to you. Yes. You're safe. Your husband's safe. And then within moments of this, they find out that he's been released. By the sheriff. But the sheriff. At this point, you're like, why is the sheriff protecting this guy? Because the sheriff thinks he's a scientist. The sheriff (laughs) thinks he's an electricity scientist. It really comes down to that because by the end, he's clearly not been protecting this guy. He's just bad at everything. He doesn't want the feds there. He doesn't like the feds encroaching on his science, folks. He doesn't want anybody to know about the lightning factory in well, their area. Well, he wants everybody to know about the lightning factory because he keeps telling them about I it. I know. <laughs> He's a mile it, through those woods right there. He Right, but he also doesn't want them to actually do anything with that information. 
other than accept that that's the reason everybody's getting hit by lightning. Right, but also you can't stop it because... We can't regulate the lightning factory. <laughs> we <laughs> Think about pro- the stock market. We produce jobs and lightning. <laughs> it's wild. This character is so poorly written. Yes. He has no real motivation. No! Besides, he wants to be a lightning scientist. <laughs> it's, or he just really likes the proximity. He thinks he's a lightning scientist by proximity. He, he gets to go have breakfast uh, with him at the diner, and he holds his plate out, and he's like, can you hit this with some lightning for a little seasoning? And they're like, dude, you know, we've told you a hundred <laughs> times that's not how this works. And also, you know they haven't invited him to have uh-huh. breakfast with them. He just always shows up. He's always asking them to zap his food with lightning, and eventually they just start putting their hand out and going, bzz, bzz. <laughs> he's like, thanks. Thanks, Dale. <laughs> and they've had conversations on the side, and they're like, should we go somewhere else? <laughs> we, this is the only diner in the town. It's, that's it. It's such a small town. There's one <laughs> diner, and for some reason, none of them can eat breakfast at home. This is the only town where they will let us build a lightning factory that keeps <laughs> killing people. <laughs> we can't go anywhere else. <laughs> we have to keep him on our side. So... <laughs> We'll give him a little honorary lightning scientist patch. <laughs> he also has it on his uh, uniform. He's got his sheriff patch, and he's got his honorary lightning scientist patch. <laughs> Junior lightning scientist. Yeah. <laughs> and the only thing that he has to do to keep it, they've made it very clear, is keep the feds away from the lightning factory. <laughs> so, after all of this, the agents are telling the Kavits that they're safe, which they obviously are not. And Oswald gets out because the sheriff just lets him out. And just like you mentioned earlier, Teller was the quiet one. And Teller is named after Teller from Penn and Teller. Oh, is he really? Wow. (laughs) Yep. The pair had wanted to appear on an episode of the show, but when conflicting schedules precluded this from happening, this reference was added instead. Huh. Wow. It would have been... Interesting. I wonder if Teller would have speaking role on this. He couldn't, right? I've seen him talk. <gasps> yeah. I've seen him talking exactly one thing. Did Penn have his hand up the back of this? <laughs> no, Penn was not there with him. <gasps> oh, do you think Penn keeps him silent? Yes. No. The dynamic just got real dark. Yeah. Are you silent or are you silenced? <laughs> Tell her, Blake, if you need help. (laughs) Oh, no. That poor man. Wow. Oswald goes to see Zero, believing that Zero ratted him out to the agents, which I don't know why he thinks that, but he does. He says something when Scully's interrogating him. I think this is just because he's not bright. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I guess. So he definitely... Spooks Zero. Zero's like, now now there are consequences to my actions, and now I don't want you to be a bad guy. Disagree. He's, for the rest of the episode, outside of the cold open, he's been trying to deflect Oswald to get him to stop doing the bad thing. He was super stoked that Oswald murdered that dude. It's the cold open. But you have to have somebody dead in the cold open, or else what are we doing here? Yeah, the cold open was definitely uh, electric Beavis and Butthead. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yeah. it was. Which reminds me, the new movie is out. We gotta watch it. Watch it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. We should probably do it this weekend. We should probably, I thought you were gonna say, we should probably do drugs. Oh yeah, that too. We should do drugs and do watch drugs and watch Beavis and Butthead. Um, Alright, so after learning of Oswald's release, the agents rush to the hospital to protect the Kavits, but they don't. No. Do they, have they protected anyone? Oh man, uh, I'm gonna say they have. 10% of the time, of 90% av- of the time, they're bad at protecting. It's law of averages. They have have to have saved somebody. I, I don't so. have anybody off the top of my head. Just though. by accident, they accidentally saved somebody? No, the Hosteins. They, they saved the ho- they, Hosteins didn't die. Okay. They just got beat up real bad. Well, I mean, I guess that's something. Okay, also, they didn't do anything to make that happen. That just kind of happened on its own. All right. That can't count. Nope. Well, hell. (laughs) (laughs) So they find out that Oswald is probably coming to get the Kavits. This is where Scully finds Zero's corpse 
Apparently, Oswald dragged his dead body from <laughs> the, the arcade to, to the, the hospital. hospital to put him in an elevator. He gave him the old ho, 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 now I have a machine gun treatment. Yep. It was... It was a well-done scene for a TV show. Yes. But Makes no sense as to why he would do it. Also, like, he's a small guy. Yeah, but he has those lightning muscles. Oh, I'm sorry, you're right. Yeah, he drinks all that Gatorade. I forgot how much Gatorade really impacts <laughs> yeah. your, your well-being and superpowers. <laughs> then Scully confronts Oswald and pulls her gun again. And this is another scenario where we have to remind you not to pull your gun if you're not going to use it. I was going to say, you know how I keep doing an impression of Chris Carter every time you say, what did Chris Carter think about this episode? Yes. I was wondering if you would do an impression of me about this scene, what am I about to say about Scully? You you are just going off the rails (laughs) because you're like, Scully! Why are you, why do you have your gun out? Why are you pointing your gun at somebody that you're not going to shoot? What are you doing? Stop warning him. You, you already have your gun on him. Why are you warning him? She warned him three times. It was, it was infuriating. It was, yes. And then Mrs. Kavit steps in front of the gun. Oh, also infuriating. And goes with him. Fortunately, Scully lifts her gun yeah immediately she's i guess she's good with gun safety with her finger off the trigger mm-hmm. so she did that but you can't pull your weapon if you're not willing to use it no and oswald in this scene says i could hurt you and she said i could hurt you too i'm gonna count down for three two <laughs> it was so stupid and, and here in 2022 what do we know about cops they are really willing to they shoot anybody. They can't wait to murder a person. No, they cannot wait. Can't wait. This running is running away? Are you running away? <laughs> shoot you in the back yeah. 11 times. I was afraid for my life. They stole a pack of gum and <laughs> ran in the opposite direction. This scene is why I pointed out earlier that Kavit is clearly afraid of this guy. It makes no sense for her to decide to go with him. No. In order to save his life. Right. Is what it seems like. It does seem that way. Yeah. It's, I hate the ending of this. She basically scolds everybody. Mrs. Kavit is like, you stop it. You stop it. Everybody (laughs) stop it. Her teacher mode comes out. It really does in the weirdest manner. Yeah. So she goes with him. They are walking outside and he's like, I really have a lot of things I need to tell you. Like, remember that dress you wore? And when you stood in front of the window, you could almost see it, see through it. Like, Ooh. that's what you needed to tell her? Wow. Right. That's what she needed to hear, too. What she needed to hear was that so she will burn that fucking dress. <laughs> she will never well, wear this... that dress or any other flowered dress ever again. This is when he was in high school, so this is years ago. She probably already does not own that dress anymore. Probably. Yeah. It is a small town, though. Like, she can't shop anywhere. Ah, that's true. When she got married and moved to this small town to be with Kavit's auto body repair, whatever. After being in Playboy. Yes, she uh, brought all of her clothes and that's all she can wear. Oh, it's the no. clothes she brought with her to the marriage. Like a dowry. Oh, that's a terrible dowry. <laughs> Dowries are stupid. I never got mine. <laughs> Still pissed about it. Did you want, what, some sheep or something? I was going to say, your dad owes me goats. <laughs> Good luck finding him. <laughs> all right. Oswald confronts Scully and Sharon. She leaves with him. It's all weird. The sheriff shows up and dies? Yeah, this is where, we, <laughs> this is where I was expecting to find out why he's protecting Giovanni Ravisi. Like, what's going on here? And he's not. He's just... Dumb. He's just incompetent. <laughs> Look, he's an electricity scientist. He doesn't <laughs> know he's anything. He's a junior electric scientist. He doesn't know anything about the law. Junior lightning a tear. Yes. Uh, while uh, Oswald is distracted by the sheriff getting out of the car, Sharon flees. Mulder grabs her. I'm not mad at him for this. She's scared. She's going to get hurt. I agree, but he just manhandles her to the ground. Yeah, it. it, I'm 
I'm not going to typically go with, yes, roughhousing this woman is a good thing, but in this scenario, that's that's what had to happen. Honestly, this woman's just had a rough yeah. marriage. But, uh, well, I don't know. Kavit might be okay guy. He's probably... He's probably fine. He's probably fine, but he doesn't... a small doesn't... town guy with a wrecking company on an auto body. No, whatever. I'm not saying that he's a bad guy. He is just completely oblivious to his wife's needs. Mm. Yeah, I guess that's true. So, but I don't think he's... He's probably not a bad guy. He's just... Whatever. But she... However long this kid has been around and working for her husband has been rough yeah. for her. Yes. Because he's obsessed so Mulder gets her and the sheriff dies. Oswald is then captured somehow and he's put... he's hit by lightning. Oh. He does the he's so angry that the lightning hits him and that's why the sheriff dies. That's right. And then he's in that dazed euphoric state. That's that So makes I guess sense. they scoop him up when he's down. You got to scoop him. Got to scoop him. <laughs> you have to scoop him when they're euphoric. Yes. Otherwise they don't get scooped. Nope. Then there's no scooping <laughs> happening. you got to scoop. Oswald is put in a psychiatric hospital, although the local district attorney has no idea how they will possibly be able to persecute him. I mean, prosecute him. <laughs> He's a cis white <laughs> dude. He's already persecuted. Oh, God. Who said that recently? <laughs> Me and Jest? James Patterson? What? Is he the guy that oh, I always... Oh, yes. The that I always mix up with the other guy? It's but yeah. He was talking about yeah. Right before, bullshit. right before Roe, like yeah. the day before, he's like, "It is really hard." Yes. To be a rich, yeah, cis het white guy in yes. this country. And somebody pointed out that he is the best-selling author of all time. Has zero books that are best-selling. <gasps> he just puts out so much bullshit. He doesn't even write it anymore. Oh yeah. He has a factory. He has like a book factory other people writing this bullshit it makes sense yeah it's wild because i see his name everywhere the best-selling author of all time no best-selling books that's amazing <laughs> yeah he's the thomas kincaid of books <laughs> <laughs> wow well so now we know that it's really hard to be a rich yeah, white guy it really is anyway so they don't know how to put a case against this guy because what 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh oh I guess maybe the... He tells Sharon Kavit... Sharon Kavit? Yeah. That he boosted a cash machine. He stole money from a cash machine. That's what they have on him that they can get him for. Yeah, because he does say, I got money from a cash machine. That's physical evidence of a thing that he's done. Okay. So they can get him for that, and that's probably like 50K. You can get him for grand theft. And they would, because if it has to do with money, that's the yeah. one thing... That <laughs> They're they going to get you. ...will push you, push on. Yeah. That's it, though. Yeah, that's the only thing that they have, like, evidence for. Right, because even Jack Black's body, they can assume that he did it, but... No proof. No, and if he was... If he died by lightning strike, essentially... They keep ruling all of these as accidental lightning strikes. Right. So, case closed on that. Right. Yeah. Man. And he didn't even kidnap Sharon because she went with him. Yeah, I think you can probably still get kidnapping. There's there's probably something... Uh, no, because he sort of threatening people but he doesn't have a weapon right so that'll be a yeah, wash no, yeah that'll go nowhere I, the cash machine i think is the only real wow. charges that'll stick that's amazing yeah so if you're gonna commit a crime have superpowers yes <laughs> drink a lot of gatorade <laughs> yes all right so the whole time he is in this um episode he's wearing vandal shirts and he has a vandal shirt that says lip live fast diarrhea on it and at the very end that's what we hear we also see oswald in the um in the hospital watching tv and he's changing the channels with his mind or whatever and as he goes from channel to channel there is a screenshot that says produced by or directed by chris carter mm -hmm. as if he had just caught the tail end of, of an x-files episode yep. artistically nice fucks the continuity of the TV show. It though. really does, yeah. So Chris Carter is a person in the X-Files universe. Of course he is. I mean, have you ever met Chris Carter? No. He thinks he is the X-Files. <laughs> because he is the X-Files. Chris Carter is the X-Files. Yeah. <laughs> I think some people would argue that David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson are the X-Files. So all three of them are the X-Files. I would argue that the guy who plays Frohickey is the X-Files. <laughs> 
What a weird character also. Like, they don't know what to do with Froiggy. He started out real bad and then got better. But who knows? Well, yeah, I mean, we're only in season three, episode three. Who knows what's going to happen? He could could take a a wrong turn at Albuquerque. He might. He showed up at Scully's door completely hammered. He drank that whole bottle of rum. Yeah, but... Or whiskey, or whatever. His best friend was dead. Best friend? Yeah. Aren't the other two weirdos his best friends? He doesn't think so. They really are. They are in real life. Not real life, but in that world, those are his best friends. But he thinks Mulder's his best friend. That You know what? That Mm. tracks? Yeah. (laughs) Mulder's just way cooler than those two. That really tracks. Yeah. The three of them do literally everything (laughs) together. They call each other at 3 a.m. with just wild They're very supportive and very good friends to each other. Yes. (laughs) But he still thinks Mulder's his best friend. Mulder only calls when he needs something. But still, because he's handsome. Uh-huh. Yep. He's, yep. he's handsome and cool. You're right. <laughs> That's my best friend. And he doesn't sleep in a bed. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Want to say a little bit about Kim Manners and the direction of this show? Oh, Of this okay. episode? Because, as we were discussing off mic, it's really, really well directed. The tone yeah. of this episode is fantastic. It's creepy. It's spooky. It's so well done that you completely lose sight of the fact that the content is fucking silly. It's very silly. But you made that is a really good point that, that you made while we were watching it. Because if it had been directed by, I don't know, anybody else, if it had been directed any other way, this would have just been, a, this would have been a total throwaway episode. It would have been one of the worst episodes, probably. Yeah. If it wasn't so well directed. Right. And acted. Let's oh, yes. give credit to the actors, too. Everybody, all of the guest stars were really, really good. Yes. Except the sheriff. But, Fuck that guy. Yeah, I'm not going to blame was, the actor right. for that, because that character is just really poorly written. Yeah, because I don't know what that guy um, has done since, before or since, but... I know I've seen him in other things. But that character is... Is one note. Yeah. Yeah. So, the acting, phenomenal. Directing, phenomenal. And that makes this a solid episode. But if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for the acting or the directing, you you miss one of those elements. Yes. And then you just <laughs> get Lightning Boy. so bad. You just get Lightning Boy. Yeah. Who wrote it? Howard Gordon. Not Alex Ganza. Howard hmm. Gordon without Alex Ganza. Interesting. Yeah. I think we know who the powerhouse of that duo is. Seems like it. So, who you shipping? I think just the Kavits. Oh, all right. That's nice. You know what? I think I think you're right. I think the husband should be more attentive to his wife's needs, especially when she's obviously terrified of somebody. Yeah, he needs a little bit more uh, emotional awareness. Yes. Yeah. But he doesn't seem like a bad guy. Right. He she showed up at his um, at his job because they were going to dinner. Yeah. So obviously they're still. They still enjoy hanging out with each other, yeah. which is good. Yeah, that's, that's a good thing for a marriage to have. <laughs> good job, guys. Pay attention to who your wife is terrified of. <laughs> right. <laughs> Do better in that respect. It seems like you're doing solid otherwise. Yeah. I am shipping Jack Black and life. Oh. Because I, I'm, I'm upset. I don't like seeing Jack Black get Dead. killed. <laughs> it hurts my heart. Who's going to run the arcade now? One. Probably. You gotta go to the, you gotta go to the next one. Next, next it's number. either one or negative one. <laughs> oh no, that was counting down. He was the last guy to be in charge. Oh no. He should have known. Should have. The guy before him was one. And he died. Jeez. It's rough. Alright. So you teased earlier that you have a brand new way to survive? Yes. Okay. And my brand new way of survival is to not argue. With the sweaty guy. Oh, that makes sense. Don't argue with the sweaty guy. There's one person who's just really sweaty, and everyone else seems to be, you know, just generally moisturized. (laughs) Don't argue with that one person. All right. I like it. I am going to wear a full rubber suit. It's going to be so hot. (laughs) You're going to be the sweaty guy. I'm going to be, but nobody's going to know. No. You're not going to see it. Are you going to have just nose holes? It's like just nose holes and maybe a zipper that, that like I can open for the mask. mouth. But it's all rubber. It does seem like... It seems like you're 
getting into that kink. Did you? Did something happen while I, while I was away? <laughs> did you discover a new part of yourself? Not yet. <laughs> I have to go get the rubber suit first. I see. We'll get some baby powder because it's probably going to be tough to get in that thing. Not if I get sweaty. Because <laughs> it's rubber, not latex. leather. Or latex. Because I figure just, just a nice sheen of sweat, you should be able to slide right into that thing. I don't know. I don't know if that works. I honestly don't either. Well, I guess you could tell me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Ah, uh, no. All right. We'll leave it at the rubber suit. <laughs> the Cast Files is produced by Kristen Riley and Dave Reed. Edited by Dave Reed. You can find us on Twitter at CastFiles. You can find me on Twitter at Dave Reed. That's D-A-I-V-E-R-E-E-D. You can email us at TheCastFiles. That's the with two E's at gmail.com. If you could please go rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars and tell us that we are doing phenomenal things. Artistic, wonderful things. We are raising the bar on podcasting. We would love you forever for that. We have a Tee Public store. You can go buy t-shirts and stuff there. Music by Hal Six. Logo by at Art. That's O-O-K-A-A-R-T. 